I don't believe in no one's scenarios. Data, 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 I cannot make bricks without clay. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a very special Cheeky Scientist radio show. I'm going to walk you through the 11 most emotionally draining parts of your job search. You need to get over these in advance if you want to get hired quickly. You can shave months, if not years off of your job search by understanding what's going to drain your energy, what's going to uh, have your brain looking for something else to do. If you've ever, for example, there's a kind of a craze of taking cold showers as a way to become healthier, more mentally tough, et cetera. If you've ever tried this craziness, you notice that your brain will come up with all kinds of reasons why you should not get into a cold shower, all kinds of excuses. It's not worth it. This is stupid. Uh, it doesn't make sense. I'll die. But of course you won't die. It'll, it's just uh, a painful, a different kind of pain, a pain that's good for you, but it's painful. Same is true with your job search. You have a series of cold showers so to speak, that you have to take in order to get hired. Now, I do want to mention, first of all, that this Cheeky Scientist radio show is special because it is sponsored by our special Cyber Monday event that's happening on Monday, November 27th, 70% off all advanced programs. And that's Monday, November 30th, excuse me, November 30th, Monday, Cyber Monday, 2020, the year 2020, 70% off all Cheeky Scientist Advanced Programs. It's the biggest discount we've ever given in the history of the company. It drops the price down to $199 per advanced program. That includes the Project Management Consortium, the Application Scientist Assembly, Regulatory Affairs Council, Data Scientist Syndicate, Business Development Federation, the R&D Society, the Medical Writing Organization, the Management Consulting Firm, Scientist MBA, the Clinical Research Coalition, the MSL or Medical Science Liaison Alliance, PhD CEO, International PhD Community, PhD Negotiation League, and the Humanities PhD Guild. In case you didn't notice, three of those are new opening on Cyber Monday, again, November 30th. So likely a, a day or two from now, depending on when you're listening to this radio show or today, if you're listening to it on Monday, November 30th. The Business Development Federation, the Clinical Research Coalition, and the Humanities PhD League are released just in time for Cyber Monday. Very excited about this. You can also get access to the Cheeky Scientist Association, our flagship program for 60% off, which is also the most extensive discount, the biggest, the deepest discount we've ever offered for the Cheeky Scientist Association, bringing the price down to $299. We have not offered this extensive of a discount before. So make sure you check out our web pages, our social media, everything we've been doing on Cyber Monday. Uh, go to our homepage, get on the Cyber Monday VIP list. It's not too late, depending on when you're listening to this, to get our VIP bonuses. I've already sent out three. I'm sending out at least three or four more free job search bonuses, all brand new, special accelerators on uh, how, how to craft your cover letter, uh, on onboarding on different career paths in quality assurance and control. Uh, new job search strategies specifically for 2021 are among those bonuses. Uh, so how do you get there? Just go to CheekyScientist.com and in the top banner on any website right now, there's a yellow banner that you, you can click on to get on the VIP list. Okay, so let's jump into those 11 emotionally draining 
uh, aspects of your job search. Number one, co- overcoming imposter syndrome. Now, whether you want to uh, acknowledge this or not, and it can be very helpful to acknowledge it, uh, you have concerns. Uh, some of them are subconscious. You need to bring them up to your consciousness that you may not be good enough to get an industry job. Now, you could have wrapped these concerns in layers of defensiveness, perhaps in a little bit of uh, arrogance that oh, I can't believe I even have to try to get a job. I have my PhD. Uh, you may not realize that that feeling, that sinking feeling, that de-energizing feeling when it comes time to sit down to do your resume or to reach out to somebody to network is really just stemming from the fact that you've never worked in industry before. Over 90% of the PhDs who come into our programs have never had a job since, since getting their PhD, yet they get hired. So, you know, There's a misconception that you need industry experience before. You do not. You just need to overcome this mind, mindset of feeling like an imposter. Yes, you've been in academia for a long time. You may have thought very likely that you were going to be a professor or stay in academia, but that didn't work out. So again, and a lot of this is happening on a level that's not fully in your awareness, you might question your own ability to make good decisions about your career. After all, if you made great decisions, you wouldn't be here, right? You, you may have thought that you made a mistake in getting your PhD now that you've seen the data, now that you know it's a dead end. This is what happened to me, and it really affected my, my confidence, uh, my, my sense of uh, certainty that I you know, could make the right decision for my career. And I remember being in graduate school And when I realized, wow, I'm not going to be a professor, my only option is a postdoc or end up unemployed or figure out how to get into industry, whatever that word means, Uh, I had no idea it was a black box for me. And this was a hard thing to accept because I thought, well, if I didn't do this right, maybe I can't do that right either. Maybe I can't get into a job. I don't even know what what job titles are available, let alone how to transition, how to put a job search together. Here's the good news. As a PhD, you are a doctor of learning. You, you hear us talk about this a lot. PhD is a doctor of philosophy. Philosophy is the knowledge and the ability to ascertain knowledge. You can learn. Approach this with the mindset of a student, with a discovery mindset. This will help you get down, uh, help you put down those mental barriers, that resistance that you start to feel when you think about your job search. Approach it from uh, a place of curiosity. Okay, well, how does this work? What are the job titles out there? What could I read on this? How could I find out more information? Who has the best information? Uh, Where's some PhD-specific information? Okay, how do I put this together into the right sequence? What's the right protocol? How can I talk to some people that have done this before? You know, it's it's cracking into any field is always the same. You got to find people that are in that field already, start speaking the language of that field, and then put things together into the right sequence. So realizing that you've already done this will help you. You came into your PhD at some point, you had never worked in a lab before or in a classroom. You had never been a graduate student before. You had never been a postdoc. All of these things you have done for the first time and you survived, you did it, you learned whatever new field you needed to learn to put your thesis together. You had never done a thesis before, but you did that to get your PhD or you will do that. You are capable. Other people don't know more than you. Everybody else is trying to figure it out. It just comes down to knowledge, having the right knowledge and the right network. Number two, overcoming elitism. Okay, overcoming elitism. This is 
something that's very easy for us as PhDs to slip into because we see it all around us in academia. The professor that acts very defensive or a little bit arrogant as kind of a buffer for other people questioning his or her work, right? We, we see it all the time play out in, in posturing in academic seminars. We think that being critical of the work, right, is important, but we think it's so important that we often let it extend to being critical of people, being critical of ourselves. And we don't like that feeling. So we, we wrap these layers around it again of thinking, well, if I can you know, be defensive or be a little bit arrogant or act smarter or whatever kind of posturing, that's what posturing means is to uh, play up when you really don't know the answer, right? Act like you know the answer, act like, uh, you know, don't be vulnerable in other words. And if you had a good thesis committee, hopefully they helped you learn how to be intellectually vulnerable by saying those three magic words, I don't know. A lot of us can remember the moment that we realized that we were being pushed just to be able to say this, to say, I don't know, but here's how I would figure it out. So a great way to overcome this elitism, thinking that, oh, well, because I'm a PhD, I'm going to get a job easily. My resume should be enough. It's not true. Your PhD is valuable, but it can't, it doesn't compensate for performance. It doesn't compensate for the social norms of industry, like having a two-page resume instead of a six-page academic CV. So again, approaching your job search from a discovery mindset, that of a student getting around people who have done it before, listening to them, not acting better than, oh, well, I should be able to get an industry job because I got my PhD. It's not true. Why are academic PhDs paid so little compared to industry PhDs? Could it be that being an industry PhD is more valuable? Could the smarter or the better or the higher performing PhDs actually be an in industry? Because industry has more funding. It has better networks. It has a better uh, construct overall, a better system where the, as the academic system is broken, something to think about. So your PhD is a great starting point, but it's not enough to get you a job. It's highly valuable. It's in demand, but you also have to go through the steps. You have to carry out a job search and you have to set the right expectations, which is number three. If you set incorrect expectations, you're going to be very emotionally drained. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to think, oh, well, if I just slightly adapt my resume and I submit it, or if I only add quantified results to the bullet points in my professional summary, not in my work experience, that's going to be enough. And then you get rejected. You don't hear anything back because you didn't do it right all the way. You're going to be drained. If you don't, don't realize you're going to be rejected multiple times, if you don't realize that you're going to apply for a couple of hundred jobs. You're going to get a handful of phone screens from those applications. You're going to get one or two interviews all the way to the site visit level at best and hired by one company. If you haven't even set those expectations, you're setting yourself up for failure. So understand the numbers, the thresholds, how the job search funnel works, how constantly you will be rejected if you think of rejection in terms of somebody not replying to you. I wouldn't even use the word rejection, right? Instead, use it as a, a, a teaching point, uh, as you know, somebody didn't reply, lack of response. It's not a rejection. Other people are busy. You have to set the right expectations. You also have to understand that uploading your resume, that's not a job search. That's one step in about 40 key steps that you will have to execute in order to get hired. Number four, not knowing where to start. This is emotionally draining. 
I put off my job search for so long at the end of my academic career because I didn't know which job titles were available and I didn't know how to find them. And when you're faced with that kind of black box that you can't peer into, you can't demystify, it's draining because you know you're going to have to grind it out to find that information. And the problem is you don't know where to look for it. When it comes to your research, right, you, know, you knew to go to these different uh, library sites or to PubMed or, or to the library. You knew how to find the information. Even that took some training. You don't know where to look for industry training for the job titles. And you have to think about it. And this is where training matters. You can go to LinkedIn. You can do some simple Google searches. But overcoming that barrier to entry, which is uh, how draining it is to start a new different type of search where you're not an expert, that's the problem. And, and once you identify the problem, you can overcome it. So you have to get online. You have to do long tail searches online. We talk about long tail keywords. So don't just search PhD jobs or PhD job titles. You want to search uh, small biotech companies in the London area. You see those companies, you find those companies on LinkedIn, you look at the job titles at those companies. Then you can go to some of the bigger companies that everybody knows about and look at how their job titles are structured. And if you do this enough, you'll start to see what the hierarchies look like, what positions are available. And a lot of our advanced programs really focus in on the individual hierarchies of companies because the job titles can be so different. But overall, there's about 40 to 50 key job titles. They can all have slightly different variations. Right, like application scientists can be field application specialist, for example. They can all have slightly different variations, but you need to learn these job titles and find a few of them that, that are right for you. Okay, let's go. What are we at? Number five now, rewriting your resume. I have worked with people in real time to rewrite a resume, and it is painful. Even if you already have your resume put into a two-page industry format, rewriting it correctly where every bullet point starts with a transferable skill and ends with a quantified result and you have your technical expertise in the middle, will take you three to four hours of very focused work to do it correctly with all the proofing and everything involved. Most PhDs never do that. They get a template, they put down their bullet points, they revert to what's less emotionally exhausting, such as just writing down their job duties, right? writing down uh, their past experiences. That's easy. We can use our technical jargon from the lab or from the classroom, uh, what we use every day. We don't have to think outside the box or use the nomenclature that's on the actual job postings for the jobs we're interested in. We just do the late, we do it the lazy way. Don't do this. Set aside four hours early in the morning when your mental energy is peaking. Find a time, get up early. If you're still working in the lab or the classroom, carve out this time the same way that you had to carve out un undistracted time for your thesis to write your resume. And do the same thing for number six, rewriting your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> the LinkedIn profile is more challenging, I think, because they keep adding sections to it. And you have to add uh, a professional summary that's longer. It's in the first person narrative. You want to make sure you're doing intensive keyword research because LinkedIn is relying on its algorithm, right, to search keywords so that you show up in the search results on LinkedIn Recruiter. So writing that out in detail, not just put, putting your volunteer experience like uh, Habitat for Humanity or STEM Kids Foundation, but adding bullet points beneath your volunteer experience to describe what you did, what key transferable skills did you get during that volunteer experience? Uh, what Beyond that, what, did, uh, what results did you achieve for 
the kids you worked with in STEM. Number seven, reaching out to new contacts. It's exhausting. So again, there's, there's these different barriers to entry that are exhausting to overcome, right? The higher the barrier to entry, think about it metaphorically like a, a large peak you have to climb over. It's going to be more exhausting. Reaching out to someone new who you don't know, you don't know how they're going to handle uh, being reached out to. You, didn't know, you don't know if they're going to respond. You don't even know what to say. That's a lot of unknowns. Your brain is looking for reference points. Uh, your brain uh, requires a lot of energy to function, right? And so if it's looking for reference points and it can't find any, it becomes drained. Uh, it's just like the, your phone battery when you have the Wi-Fi button turned on and it can't find any Wi-Fi. Keep searching and searching and your battery gets drained faster. So how do you overcome this? Look at scripts that have been used before. In our, in our Cheeky Scientist Association, one thing that all of our members uh, repeatedly mention in the private group in terms of what's the most helpful, it's the networking script. So you can just copy and paste what's worked for somebody else before, slightly tweak it, uh, and then send it out to these contacts, right? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Are you learning the lesson of uh, how draining the unknown can be? So getting the right information at the PhD level, having it put into the right sequence, having a network to help you with the nuances is crucial. Uh, what are we at now? We're at number eight, following up with old contacts. Here, the emotionally draining part is we feel uh, maybe a bit foolish or, or we feel like they're going to view us in a negative light if we reach out to somebody we haven't talked to in a couple of years. You know, we think that they're going to know that we're being selfish and asking for a job right away. They're going to know what we're doing. You know, if we're nice, they're going to know that, oh, we're just being nice because we want something. It's fine as long as you do it in the right, right way. Networking is the currency of industry. They expect it. So if you, if you ask somebody how they're doing, uh, you, you mention something they've accomplished on their LinkedIn profile, you add value to them, you have a couple of back and forth messages before asking for an informational interview, for example, it makes it a lot easier. So lower the, uh, again, the barrier to entry again by having that first message you send to reconnect as something simple. I was just thinking today about uh, the poster session last year that I did at XYZ conference. And I really appreciate you coming up and giving me your business card. I uh, wanted to see how things were going at XYZ company. It looked like you just got uh, a promotion. Congratulations. Uh, how have your uh, your uh, job duties tr uh, changed since the promotion or uh, you know, what new leadership opportunities do you have now that you've been promoted? Make the questions easy, simple, lower the barrier to entry and make the questions of course about them. Okay. Number nine, ask for an informational interview. Asking, if you haven't realized yet, is exhausting. And the last three here have to do with asking. Uh, asking for an informational interview or asking for a referral, which is number 10, very draining because now we want something. How do you lower the emotional energy it takes to ask for something? You add value first. It's the law of reciprocation. Look up the studies on the law of reciprocation. It's powerful because as you add more value to somebody, as you actually approach them from that discovery mindset, the student mindset where you're asking them how they got the job that they're currently in and what they enjoy about it instead of just asking them for a job, it's a much easier ask to ask somebody to, you know, to interview them, to ask them how they got their job, uh, what they enjoy about it, what the challenges are, than it is to ask them to get you a job because getting somebody a job, as you've heard here, is a lot of work. Getting your own self a job is a lot of work. So elevate their credibility, add value to them by letting them talk about what they've done, 
right? Make them feel appreciated for the work they've done. It's a very rare thing in this world to feel appreciated for the work that you've done. And then you can ask at the end of it, I really appreciate our, con appreciate our conversation today. It seems like this, uh, uh, this position might be a good fit for me or working at this company might be a good fit for me. Are there any uh, jobs that might be opening up in the pipeline that aren't posted online yet? Or is there anyone else you could introduce me to who might be able to tell me a little bit more about this company? Or if things went well, you could even ask, hey, is it okay if I give you my resume uh, to pass along to the hiring manager? Or is it okay if I uh, mention the fact that we've had this conversation on a cover letter uh, just so I can show that I actually talked to somebody at this company uh, and went above and beyond just applying uh, to the company uh, through your online portal? Very easy to ask once you add value or much easier at least. Finally, asking for a higher salary. Too many PhDs get to, all, get to the very end of their job search and then they get a, a salary offer that's at the level of somebody with their bachelor's or master's. And they're just emotionally exhausted at this point. They've given everything to the job search. The, the worst fate that they can see for themselves now is to ask for more, get rejected, and have to start all the way over. A simple fix for this is to flip your mindset and realize they want you to ask. Deal-making is a key transferable skill. Negotiating is a social norm. And if you violate that social norm in industry, right, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. You need to ask for a higher salary. You need to at least ask an open-ended question. Again, this comes back to how scripts can make uh, the process less emotionally draining. Is there anything more you might be able to do in terms of salary? They say no. Is there anything more you might be able to do instead of salary? Right? Phrasing uh, the question differently, instead of asking if there's a signing bonus, say, and what will my signing bonus be? Now it puts the uh, emotional energy of saying there isn't one onto the other person and makes it a lot easier to have a conversation about what might be possible instead. So hopefully this helps you the 11 most emotionally draining aspects of your job search. Go check out our Cyber Monday sale on Monday, November 30th, 70% off all advanced programs, 60% off the Cheeky Scientist Association, the steepest discount we've ever offered, three new programs. Check them all out. Most importantly, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. I'm Isaiah Henkel, the founder of Cheeky Scientist and the creator of the Cheeky Scientist Association. I wanted to quickly tell you that memberships into the association are available to PhDs listening to Cheeky Scientist Radio by using the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com, P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll down to the orange membership button and click on it, then enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. That's CheekyRadio, C-H-E-E-K-Y-R-A-D-I-O. Remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. Are you worried about the rapidly shrinking job market? Like me, have you been seeing more and more articles on universities shutting down their research labs, furloughing employees, cutting postdocs and TAs, and even withdrawing PhD student funding? If so, it might be wise to start taking steps to protect your PhD career. 
You've worked very hard and very intelligently for years to establish yourself, but likely you have not reached your full career potential yet. Perhaps you're not even getting respect and you're not getting the rewards that you deserve. The good news is you can get into an industry career where you can get paid well for doing meaningful work. All you need is the right knowledge and the right network. The Cheeky Scientist Association gives you lifetime access to the world's number one PhD-only job search training platform with multiple courses and the PhD-only job referral network of over 10,000-plus industry PhDs. Now is your chance to become a lifetime member for 20% off of the association. Just use the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com. P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll to the orange membership button, and click on it, then enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. No recurring monthly fees, no recurring annual fees, Nobody else offers this. PhDsgethired.com. Use the coupon code CheekyRadio. Remember your value as a PhD, and remember that knowledge is power and your network is your net worth. Hey.